This week, we're covering episode six, Now You Must Be Still. I didn't quite get the title this week, did you? You're getting insight mm. onto that this week to help me? No, not really. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Honestly. Um, yeah, I was thinking about it. I'm trying to, still trying to piece together. Like, I mean, I get like, okay, so she was in Booyah Moon mm-hmm. trying to help Amanda. So like, you have to be kind of still and quiet while you're there, but that's. It's about it. That's, That's the first speech got. I've got. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, good, good, good. We're on the same page then. I I don't know if that's it, but that's where my mind was at too. Okay, mm-hmm. that's okay. No no expectations or anything here. Just just asking because I thought, well, let's see see what you think. Um, yeah. What did you think of this week's episode? Thumbs up, thumbs down? I enjoyed it. I'm, yeah. I'm It's kind of... You know, been running that way this whole season where I'm like, I'm enjoying what's going on. I'm invested enough and interested to know what keeps going. And then there's a couple of moments throughout the episode where I'm like, what, what, but what about that? Like, there's something that will catch me off. I'm like, but what was that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, that's funny. Yeah, I'm good with on that. You. And then I get like, you know, there's a little high, like, a little bit of like tension moments. Like, you know, jump ahead a little bit. Hopefully it's not too much into notes. But yeah, I mean, like when Dooley's staying there watching. Oof. The three sisters, and it's just like, ooh, <laughs> I don't so like it. Crazy <laughs> makes the hairs on your arm stand up. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's something. Um, I am too. I'm still enjoying it. I'm enjoying the story. Um, and I'm and I I've mentioned before I'm okay with the slow pace, but I I am wishing they had gotten here just a little bit faster. I don't know if we needed some. I don't know if we needed eight episodes. I know we're not there at the end yet. Maybe we do, but I feel like, mm-hmm. wow, we're at episode six and we're just now getting Amanda out of the hospital. Um, yeah. So I do wish that we could pick it up just a little bit. I feel like there are some things that we could probably like, maybe some things we don't need. We could probably shave off a couple of minutes each episode and yeah. kind of get to th- some things just a little bit faster. I'm totally contradicting myself. I get that. I make no sense sometimes. I am okay with the <laughs> slow pace, but at the same time, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> but that's okay because it was, I thought, a good episode. And I did yeah, enjoy but it. But I get I'm what you're saying because it. it's like, you know, we only have two episodes left now and you're like, okay, but there's still so much that we need to piece together and yes. get, you know, get to. So, Thank you. You said it better. That's kind of where yeah. I'm at. Because um, it yeah. gives you that worry. They're like, okay, we built this story and it's this long and it's like, it's nice to see the slow pace, but now with only two episodes left, hopefully that doesn't mean we leave a bunch of stuff unturned or right. what's really bad is in the case of like cough, cough, Game of Thrones or whatever, <laughs> you know, uh, where then you just quickly whip everything up way too fast at the end and you rush through it and then it, it doesn't, it's not as satisfying at all. Thank you. Yes, yeah. that's that's kind of where my thoughts are at. Is I, I am a little bit worried about some of the outstanding things that we still, you know, we have questions about and want to learn about and kind of give a somewhat satisfying ending. And can we get there in the remaining two episodes? So I do, yeah. you know, worry just a little bit um, about that and wish we could 
you know, just make sure that we get all that in there. So thanks. That helps. <laughs> I knew talking it out with you would would help and make a lot more sense. So thanks. Um, well, with that being said. I got said, you. I know you. I know what you're I, saying. <laughs> I know. You got me, Paik. You know me so well. You've podcasted. It doesn't take long. Podcast with, podcast with me long enough. And, and you're like, I know where she's at. I know where that crazy <laughs> brain of hers has taken her. Um, so without um, further ado, let's go ahead and jump into our top five this week. So I know we're itching to talk about it because this was, I think, a f- yeah. kind of a fun, interesting episode yeah, um, that sure. we got. So I'm dying to talk about it. What's your number five? Number five is kind of a quick one. It's really just focusing on one little moment of a scene. Mm-hmm. But it was the it's what I was referring to when uh, something made me go, but what? How, what does that mean? <laughs> and that is my... my title for this number is just Scott with a question mark mm-hmm, okay. um, because I have a major question here uh, when Lisi goes to Booyah Moon to rescue Amanda mm-hmm. or at least to, to make sure you know to see what she's got to do the first time she's there when she's talking to Amanda with the notepad and things she looks at Scott sitting there on the steps by the pool acknowledges that he's there but then she just kind of looks annoyed and turns her attention back to Amanda Almost like she expected that he was going to be there and she's really not all that interested in it. Like, what? <laughs> That's the big, huh? <laughs> yes. Same. Thank you. I don't I mean, we, know. We're reliving all of her memories of all these amazing moments with Scott and how incredible their relationship was and how much she loves him and how she's still two years later so distraught and like kind of fumbling without him. And yet here she is in Booyah Moon looking him directly in the eyes. And she's like, eh, it's okay. It's whatever. Don't have time for you today. <laughs> it's, it's about Amanda. And that's fine. She does need to help her sister. Yeah. Um, but I'm confused about that as well. And, you know, we've talked before still that mystery surrounding Scott's death. And I say death mm-hmm. in quotes um, because we've questioned, like, is he really dead or is he somewhere in it they keep saying he died so i ha- i have to yeah say okay he's like what that really means dead but is, is he somewhere stuck in a comatose state and that's his other like his double we keep hearing double which i still don't understand what that means yeah. just yet um and that's his double there in in mm-hmm. booyah moon or no is he really dead and well then what is this form yeah. of him in Booyah Moon. And she doesn't have it all figured out either. Like she's really new to how all of this works, but she doesn't seem to question it. She's just like, Oh yeah, you, I get to you later. Or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, doesn't seem surprised or shocked or anything by him being there. Yeah. Which is, yeah. It's just so weird to me. Cause like, I'm like, I need to know if any question, the number one question that I want answered by the end of the series, or it's really going to disappoint me is what is the deal with Scott? How did he die? Why is he in Booyah Moon now? And what does that mean? And what is his like main goal? Or like, yeah. what, what is his end? And then that, that's all I really need to know. Um, and the only thing that I thought was maybe, but then it's like, even then, because Lacey up until recently didn't even believe Booyah Moon was real. Like she had convinced herself, like it was all, you know, his fictional stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. So then that kind of throws this theory out of the water. Cause like, well then she would still be like freaked out to see him. But all I can think of is his death, again, for listeners, in quotes, um, is that he knows his connection to Booyah Moon or whatever was too strong, and he willingly chose to stay gone. Like, he oh. went there knowing he would never come back. Yeah. Yeah. 
And like, but then that would have been like a thing between him and Lisey where like she would have said goodbye to him or something and then he left. But then what kind of ruins that theory for me again is like I said, Lisey has kind of convinced herself that none of this was real anyway. So exactly. then if that was the case, she would still be like freaked out to see him. So I have no idea. <laughs> I don't either. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you. I want, I don't know if we'll get them. That's where I kind of worry. I think a little bit about some of the, uh, you know, outstanding questions and mysteries from the show. And I think it's okay to have some mysteries. There's probably some small things I would be okay with not having an answer to, but that is, I'm, I'm on board with you. I want to know that. Mm-hmm. I want to know what happened to Scott and what's up with this double of him in, in, in Booyah Moon. Yeah. I don't know. That, that's a good point. Yeah. There's a lot of my like early points where it's like, I raise this question. Do we yes. have answers for it? Absolutely not. But <gasps> I, at not. least we can talk about it. We can definitely talk about it, <laughs> but we're not figuring it out today. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. Maybe we'll get lucky. I mean, gosh, here we are. Episode six. We've only got two more episodes to go. And I still don't have a freaking clue where we're going. Yeah. at all or what's happening and i know book readers are probably going you know <laughs> snickering a little bit like we know um but i don't but i'm interested uh in getting mm-hmm. there uh yeah. well my number five uh while we're kind of on the subject of lisi at least part of part of your um topic there talking about her is i wanted to kind of talk about the contrast to lisi um, before this episode and then the Lisi that we get in this episode. Um, right. She's like a totally different woman in this episode. Mm-hmm. She's confident, uh, determined. And just the way, like when she comes to Booyah Moon, like she just, she's just like going there with a purpose. Um, yeah. And she seems a lot more at ease than what she was even just days ago when she was like you said, hesitant to even like acknowledge is, its existence like she's still yeah. oh this was scott's imagination and his imagination was so powerful that he made you believe it too you know is, is kind of where she was at with it now here she is she's navigating it um she doesn't even seem i mean she seems cautious but she doesn't seem very scared of like the long boy like she yeah. acknowledges like okay yep he's a threat because she takes the time to instead of talking and like pissing off everyone around her, like, shh, you know, <laughs> uh, um, I loved that. I was thinking, yeah, it was such a great idea, which that answers that question from last week where I was like, what did she put in the bag? I couldn't catch it. Yes. The, like notepad and pen. Such a great idea. Cause mm-hmm. she was like, these assholes aren't shushing me this time. I'm thinking ahead. <laughs> exactly. We're going to write this out. Yeah. So, so good thinking on her part, but um, you know, she, here she is, she's already picking up on the nuances of like, okay, so I, you know, if I'm not quiet, they're going to all yell at me. We're going to attract attention and and then that's not going to be good. Right. Um, so she's had the foresight to bring a pad and paper and the way that she's kind of navigating this, this whole thing. And then, you know, and when she walks in the water, you know, it was such a beautiful scene as she's, you know, kind of rubbing this over, uh, her, the wounds on her face. And she's kind of taking a bit of, uh, you know, like a drink of water. It was almost like a baptism. Yeah. And, um, I just really liked seeing this side of her than what I've seen before. I I feel like, you know, Julianne Moore's a, a strong, um, actor and you can give her some heavy stuff, you know? And I feel like we, she was so passive and right now she's become more front and center 
instead mm-hmm. of a passive character. Um, and I'm really enjoying that. So I'm, I'm really yeah. digging this Lisi than what we've seen before. So just wanted to kind of point that out and give, give that a shout. Cause I, I like that. There was a, just this big turn. I feel. Yeah. Yep. I like that. Yep. So that was my number five. Um, All right. what is your number four? So my number four is Amanda. All right. Yeah. Some of you know her little journey she goes on in this episode, which indeed was was so good to see. Because uh, at first I wasn't sure how it was going to go. I was like, "What is it going to take to get through to her?" Because Lisi goes there. And, yeah, we're talking about you know the the pen and paper, and it seems to be going pretty well until there's this weird like kind of I don't know. There's like that weird dichotomy between the doubles. But then Amanda kind of yells out, you know, help me. And it kind of crosses over to where she's yelling in both places. And that seems to kind of stir the long boy up a little bit. And then so then back in like our normal world, she like reverts back to herself and like just lays back down. And it was kind of a weird thing. But then it just cut to Lisi like out of Booyah Moon. And so I was like, well, I guess she gave up or she's having to replan and I wasn't sure exactly, but then it was cool to see that she did have the plan that she was like, I'm going to need a little extra help. And it was cool that she has Darla as kind of an anchor. Mm-hmm. She calls her, I'm, I think I'm figuring out the anchor thing a little more, but not really, but a little more. Me, me <laughs> I'm too. where Darla is. Where it's like, so I'm an anchor. Yes. And you could, okay. I have no idea what the fuck that means, but I'll roll with it. Yep. <laughs> like, let's just roll. Yep. <laughs> me too. But yeah. But I'm, I'm so you know she goes back in with this extra plan and she's able to to bring Amanda back the same way that Scott did with Amanda's help a little bit and so it's good that Amanda was able to I mean just those like two little words like you know kiss kiss me <laughs> like mm-hmm. that was like that was that was all it took uh, feel bad for darling that's it's just like. Yeah, I know you're watching just the most insane things going on. It's like your sisters are kissing and then now there's a magical stream of power water flowing and, you know, you, you're not going to be able to explain or understand any of this. But hey, your sister's back. So that's right. good. <laughs> Amanda's back. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. But it was it was great for Amanda to be back. And it is, you know, when she's talking to Abernus, um, I'm not sure exactly what's true and what's not, you know, she's holding certain things back or, Mm -hmm. but according to what she tells the doctor, she remembers cutting herself, Lisi and Darla showing up at the house. And then she just like woke up here. Now, obviously she does remember all of her time in Booyah Moon pretty like vividly. She probably doesn't want to communicate that. Yeah. But as far as what she has seen of the quote unquote real world, yeah, I guess that kind of covers it. Like that's where she's been. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure she had no idea she was in like a mental hospital at all. So, you know, like a psychiatric place. I'm sure she didn't know that's where she was going to wake up if she ever came back out. Right. So, you know, there's that. So I guess and, and there's a case where she's being truthful, but she is not wanting to be there anymore mm-hmm. at all. She was very much like, but we're leaving now. I have to get out and talk. So, well, maybe you can stay for it. No, I'm going. We're going. <laughs> I'm, I'm just ready to be back with my sisters and not in this situation. Cause I guess waking up from Buyamu there, that's all she's going to be thinking about. If she has to stay there, she's like, well, this is where I've been in this like catatonic state sitting. And it's like, I don't know, maybe there's some connection. She's like, is there a likelihood I'll slip back if I'm, staying in the same place that I've been in, you know, I've been in Booyah Moon while I'm here. So 
I should leave here. And I don't know. Well, and maybe <laughs> trying to get in these mindsets. I know. Well, mm. and it helps talk it out because, you know, you brought up a good point talking about Darla being an anchor. You know, I'm wondering if just being with her sisters helps anchor her there yeah. so she doesn't slip back, you know, because it seems yeah. like and she it might. Yeah, because it seems like she doesn't always have control over it. Like sometimes she's able to come back, but like the time before that, Scott had to bring her back. And we saw mm-hmm. that because that's what, you know, jogged like our memory as a viewer, like, Oh yeah, that's what Scott did. He like gave her that water from Booyah Moon and that's what brought her back. Yeah. Um, See, I think, yeah, her relationship with her sisters is a major anchor because it seemed to be like they were hanging out, getting lunch together pretty regularly. mm -hmm. And it wasn't until what was like her boyfriend or something had like cheated on her and left her or something. And it was like, Um, like her kind of a catalyst that made her feel alone. Yeah, got remarried or something. Either her yeah. ex-husband or her ex got married and that triggered, I think, something in her yeah. and, and she slipped back. So, yeah. So maybe it is just if she's in a good place with people that she loves and cares about and feels loved and secure that, like, it's easier for her to stay anchored to the world. Yeah. I'm curious about that. And I thought it was mm-hmm. interesting, you know, talking about Amanda, um, that she – it was interesting because she couldn't really communicate when she was in Booyah Moon, you know, when Lisey is standing in front of her, sitting in front of her with the notepad, asking her the questions like, do you want to come mm-hmm. home? And she, you know, she would look at the paper, but she wouldn't respond. She was responding in the hospital. Yeah. You know, and she would talk or she'd say yes or, you know, whatever. Um, and all she could do when you know, after she had, when, after Lisey had visited her and when Lisey and Darla went to the hospital, um, she did the same thing like Scott did. All she could do was just kind of squeeze her hand a little bit, you know, to let her know mm-hmm. that, you know, yes, I'm here. Yes, I'm communicating or I can hear you. And, you know, she could respond that way. Uh, she did say, kissed me when she was like, you know, how did Scott bring you back? And she did say, kissed me. So that was the only time I really actually heard her respond or speak, you know, in in front of her in that way. But I was just kind of trying to figure that out. And when Lisey, Lisey said something that I don't have it figured out, but I'm just going to talk about it because I'm trying to make, <laughs> trying to make it make sense. Yeah. When she is telling Amanda something to the effect of, I don't have the quote in front of me, like Scott knew how to bring you back. Um, because he, he, it's like he knew you or he understood you or he knew, he knew who you were. And he said, or she said, you, you're a cutter and that you're also a a gone or that you're you're one of the gone. You're one of the gone. Right. And I'm like, yeah. So we know Scott was a cutter, you know, to, to let out the bad. And that's what he said to Amanda in the flashback. Mm hmm. And that his dad, Scott's dad, called him one of the gone. Yeah. And then Amanda is also, like, one of the gone. Like, so she can be swept into Booyah Moon and be so captivated by it that she can't bring herself back or he couldn't bring himself back, like the time Lisey had to rescue him. I'm just trying to make – because I'm like, is that where Scott's at? Like, is he just gone? Like, he's not dead. He's just gone. That's yeah. what I'm kind of, ugh, never mind. I'm not making any sense. Um, but anyway. I mean, it, it, it's, yeah, just trying to figure it out because it's like uh, the gone, which would be Scott and Amanda are both considered 
like within that <laughs> group, like are people that are just like more susceptible to the pull of Booyah Moon, or is it just the people who can go there in the first place? Right. And then, well, and like his dad said the same thing too, several episodes back when he was talking to the mm-hmm. brothers, you know, he was saying mm-hmm. Paul is the bad, he has the bad, Scott mm-hmm. has the gone. And yeah. he said something to the effect of not wanting Scott to like get caught where he couldn't like come back is essentially kind of what he was saying. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not making any damn sense. I'm just like <laughs> trying to trying to understand, and I and I'm just not. But because um, I feel like everything that we've seen, it all is supposed to mean something, right? They keep showing yeah. us these things over and over and over again, and I feel like that's you know somehow going to answer some of those questions that we have. And it's just I can't make it make sense right now. I'm not there yet. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I was fully railroading all over your number four. Oh, no, it's cool. Um, uh, with Amanda. Was there something else that you wanted to say about Amanda? Yeah, just kind of her, like, the way that she even transformed after they got her out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. Where there's a whole different side of Amanda, especially once she found out about Dooley. I loved just her flip because she's like, well, we, we need the gun. It's like, well, we got rid of the gun. Well, why would you get rid of the gun? Like, she's just like very animated and like aggressive. I love that, you know, Darla says that, you know, Dooley, when she comes to the realization that Dooley was in Amanda's house, he was in my house. He's like, yeah, there's crumbs everywhere. He was eating your food. Oh, you have to. I love that the first thing she says, literally, you have to kill him. I was like, he, he fucked with my Oreos. He has to go. <laughs> Don't mess with woman's Oreos. Yeah. It's a dead man. You touch those Oreos. <laughs> Amanda has no time for him anymore. And so it leads to that really interesting moment of the three sisters standing on a picnic table in the rain by a cliff, just screaming out, let's fucking kill him. I was like, all right. All right, Amanda. <laughs> like, yeah, it was great. I was like, oh, I hope no one's in with an earshot. I know it was pouring right. rain, but hopefully no one's in earshot because that's not going to help their, you know, motive at all or stories. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that was but, good. But it was good to see because we've talked this whole season about like, you know, oh, Joan Allen is doing such an incredible job at like this very subdued, quiet, scared, you know, character and you're seeing – just her face acting and like the little things like is incredible. But now to see her like really like wake up and liven up and be like yelling and very, you know, animated and emotional and getting to see that more of that relationship between her and her sisters. It was really great to see that. Yes, I agree. Um, That's a really good point because that's actually uh, my next point as well was the sisters, um, you know, this what was great about oh i'm sorry were you done with your number no yeah i was done we're good (laughs) cool um because this episode we had some of this lighthearted like tone to the episode which Mm -hmm. i think we kind of needed it right after the darkness of last week's episode some of the last few have been real rough so it was good to actually laugh quite a few times watching this one yeah they, they brought the laughter and humor, and it was much needed. So it was really great, the the sisters. Um, I, and I was really entertained with the interaction between all three of them once Amanda had woken up. And we get yeah. to see, like, the real Amanda, not the comatose, suffering, scared Amanda. And it was mm-hmm. so good. They they are all so different, 
and they have these different personalities. You know, they're all three very different people, but it's also very easy to tell that they're sisters. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think uh, all three women, um, the actresses have a really great chemistry together. Like I could totally buy that they, they were sisters. Um, that interaction with the doctor uh, that you mentioned when, you know, they're, you know, trying to say, oh, hey, well, man is good now. She's awake and we're going to get some outpatient care for her and, you know, all is going to be good. And of course, you know, Abernathy is like totally like, well, I don't know. This is not you know, quite on, you know, this isn't part of the process and we should probably run some tests. Oh, no, 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 no. And Lisey's being the practical one. Um, Amanda, you know, is kind of, you know, telling, you know, some very fractured parts of her side of the story. I've, you know, mm-hmm. this is the last thing I remember. And then you've got Darla over here looking at some of his pictures on the wall and she's like, is that Al Gore? You know, yeah. did you treat him? I love how they're all three kind of working this story together to get Amanda yeah. out without, you know, being too suspicious and don't worry, we got it. No follow-ups needed. Um, it was a really great interaction between them and it was yeah. really great lighthearted moments um, and interactions. Like you said, that was one of my favorite quotes when she was like, my house, he was in my house. Well, we have to kill him. <laughs> you have to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed uh, so hard because I thought. I would be thinking the same thing. You go, you yeah. break into my house and you're going through my <laughs> shit. That's it. You're out. You have to die. Um, when they're in the driveway and Darla, you know, is like, I, I don't know that path that you chose. Uh, there's, there's poison Ivy on both sides. And Lisa goes, then, Oh my God, don't touch it. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I thought it was great, which, I got to kind of side with Darla a little bit. I'm highly allergic to poison ivy. If I feel like if I get within like breathing distance, I'm going to get like it mm-hmm. all over me or something. So I, I'm like, hey, that's kind of a legit thing. Um, but it was really funny. And I, yeah. I loved the interaction between all three of them. And I thought this is needed because the, not only the last episode, but several episodes, it's been pretty, pretty heavy, pretty dark. And uh, it was nice to get this, this episode this week. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, I liked a lot of the lightness. Yeah, it helped. <laughs> it helped. Um, so what is your number three? All right. My number three, taking a weird tangent off of the main story for well, We a like weird, so let's do to it. To just talk about my biggest problem, my biggest complaint, and the thing that I'm just the most annoyed with on this show, and I've talked about it the past couple of weeks, okay. is, which we finally get the name of the town confirmed. I don't, because we had talked about like, what is it? Is Cleve Mills. Yes. Finally saw that and on the side of the cop car, right? They, they said it, but then where I first noticed it is, yeah, it's because it's on the side of the cop car, which ties into Cleve Mills Police Department, the worst police in the history <laughs> of mankind. That is my number three. They're not, uh, not doing great. <laughs> they're not doing great. Because uh, the episode opens with, again, us just seeing how unseriously, that's a word, which it's not, but, uh, you know, either way, <laughs> That the like police are taking things. This officer, which I don't remember his name, I wish I, I should know, but this main officer who's been stationed outside her house like this whole time, like his whole, you know, calling the office and talking to the sheriff or whatever, and his basically this isn't the exact <laughs> quote, but I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he between the lines what he meant. <laughs> it's late night, and I know that it's like you know peak time for something bad to happen, but you know I'm tired and. It's quiet here for now since I'm keeping an eye on the place. So 
I'm just going to go ahead and not be here protecting it because that's a totally normal choice to make. Mm -hmm. And don't send anyone to replace me or anything because that would be way too helpful to the situation. So I'm just going to bounce. See ya. (laughs) Like, what is this? It's, it's, you know, it's getting late, the time where someone would strike. So I think I'm going to go home. <sighs> I mean, well, and at this All point, right. fine. You might as well because you've been right. so useful and helpful up till this point. And I mean, really, right. at this point, she wants him to go home anyway. It's all part of her plan, right? But yeah. it's like, wow, you guys <laughs> have been terrible. Um, I'm sorry to say. I, I don't know if Stephen King has an issue with Maine police or something that he's, <laughs> you know picking at him a little bit or something or i don't know but i'm yeah. like this this is just terrible this does not seem normal ple- and i mean i live in a small town too so i'm trying to think i mean i don't know maybe this this is kind of what i would expect in my small town police or something i don't know <laughs> but um yeah it's like and then i had oh go but, ahead what were you saying well and but then also this so we we learn and this is one of my notes how much money Lisi has yeah 60, 60 million, million dollars <laughs> she needs to purchase some security she right. could she could <laughs> buy a security guard or pay a salary but not buy a bar that was terrible um pay a salary for a bodyguard or some security at her house yeah. i don't think that she wants it though i mean you could tell when we meet her she's very much like doesn't even really want the cops around and yeah. she's like, whatever, and totally blows off the whole Jim Dooley thing, I think, until he actually does come to her house and 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 tortures her, like, you know, one of the last episodes. Um, but, I mean, she could afford her own security, no problem. Um, yeah. And, I mean, holy shit. I don't know. I think if you're worth $60 million, you might want some security. Yeah. <laughs> even without this threat of Jim Dooley. I just feel like you would always have this threat. Or something. I mean, she lives in a house that doesn't seem to have a very good security system. Scott's whole studio is just wide open. Yeah. It, it blows me away. I mean, I, f- I thought, okay, they probably got some money. He seems to be a famous author. We know that he won the Pulitzer, but $60 million. Yeah. But I guess she's been enjoying just this, like, quaint, quiet, small town life. It's kind of just like a rural area that... She's probably been safe and secure and not where it's just a small town where people know who she is, but they yeah just give her her privacy for the most part. And so I guess she's never really had any need to, to worry about things until now. Uh, yeah, I guess I get it. You there wanna... are the, the Jim Dooley's of the world out there, the super fans and the, the uh, unique <laughs> individuals. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem <laughs> like it's really hard to find you. I get that people, you know, with some, and I know that it was Scott, not Lisi, that had the celebrity. So, and and he's dead. So maybe she feels she doesn't need it because you know Scott's dead. And there's, you know, maybe if he felt like his life was in danger from some kooky fans like the Dooleys out there. Um, yeah. But I feel like that's, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know a lot of celebrities, but I do know that yeah. you know you try to read a little bit, and they'll talk about how they just would love to have just a live a quiet life, live in a small yeah. town guess- where they're just a part of the town and they're not, nobody makes a big deal about them living there, but that's just not the real world. There's going to be people out there that are fanatic, you know? Um, yeah. Cause so I think just based it on like Stephen King himself, like I'm wondering, there's probably not a lot of people who would 
see or recognize Tabitha King in public and know, mm-hmm. oh, that's who that is. Unless you are like somebody who's that big of a like super fan who's like followed a lot of their life closely. Mm-hmm. I feel like even Stephen King fans, a lot of casual fans and readers and stuff, probably wouldn't recognize his wife out in public. Right. Like, I, I feel like when they were in their town in Maine, that, you know, they're just a part of their town. But, you know, mm-hmm. even Stephen King, I'm pretty sure, I think I've seen a picture of his house once. Not there in person. I'm not that stalkerish. I haven't even been to Maine. <laughs> but um, I'm pretty sure even he had a gate around his house. Probably to, you know, like, yeah. hey, we're still small town living, but, you know, just in case. I got a gate, you know, just so mm-hmm. nobody can just come knocking up on your door, right? I mean, yeah. keep a little bit of space, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Uh, but, wow. Yeah, she got a lot of money. <laughs> she got a lot of money. I was yeah. not expecting that. I have one more thing about the, the police that, again, just because I didn't understand this, is after following following up the terrible officer just doing his well usual i guess of mm-hmm. just not being there when he was should but then why does he go and check on amanda's house like we get that little like tension scene of like dually like standing there you know not being noticed but there's no reason to even go there like what did he say was like i wanted to see if she's still up but they should know that amanda is like housed up somewhere else there shouldn't be anybody at that house so what is his reasoning for going there and like shining his flashlight in the windows and just it was almost like him being kind of creepy on his in himself like because what are you doing they i mean as far as we know they didn't communicate that they know that Dooley was at amanda's house so they told the cops oh hey he was at amanda's house too or mm. i mean is that where maybe they're thinking or something. Maybe. I don't remember. Because, I mean, after everything that happened with Lacey and Dooley, I mean, Jim made it very, very clear. He was like, you don't tell anybody anything that's happened. Right. So, yeah. And why then, why mean, would he go? Yeah. Because that would be the, the only reason thing. she would know that he was at Amanda's house was because Darla texted her and was like, Psh, at least clean up after yourself after you, like, eat stuff or whatever. Right. When Lacey knew she hadn't been there, she's like, oh, well, then it must have been Dooley that was there. Right. So yeah, if they didn't tell that to him, why would why would he go check on Amanda's house? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about that. That's a good point. Hmm. Yeah. Not not effective. <laughs> not effective at all. And I mean, if she hadn't been healed by uh Booyah Moon, I mean, that would have been a tell. She's got her face all busted up and she's got scars yeah. on her chest. That would have been a little hard to throw off the cops and be like, nope, I'm fine. You go home. <laughs> Don't mind my busted up eye and nose and the scars on yeah. on my chest. Um, yeah. Would have been a little bit tougher to Walked explain. into the bookshelf. Yeah. <laughs> fell down the stairs. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Cops aren't giving themselves a good name in, in this series for sure. No. <laughs> um, well, my number three, is it? Um, yeah, I, I was thinking a little bit about the opening credits again, um, this mm-hmm. episode. And when I was talking earlier about the change in Lisi, it, I think gave me, I think in quotes, cause I'm not sure, but thinking a little bit about the, the credits. And I think I have a little bit of clarity, um, about those credits and, and where we are in this episode. And I'm starting to think that like with this episode, 
you know, it's about her standing up and developing her own narrative after being attached mm-hmm. to Scott's for so long. You know, if you think yeah. about um, the the opening credits and when she comes up or, you know, rises up and then there's Scott and they're dancing and then he like disappears into the pages or whatever. And then she's just kind of left on her own. Um, I think that that's kind of where we are in this journey with her and kind of what it was about is her standing up. And it's like, yeah. she has, she still has Scott in his stories, but now that she's been like cut loose and she's had some time to kind of figure things out, you know, she's been mourning Scott for two years. Um, so yeah. now that she's had time to kind of figure things out, she can walk on her own. That's where I'm thinking this opening credits are kind yeah. of. I love that we keep going bit. back to them. <laughs> like I'm so fast. Six episodes in and we're still like, Finding new stuff. Because even I I have notes about the opening credits. Ooh, cool. Uh, just a little thing, but it was like there's a spotlight that I hadn't noticed before. Oh, okay. Like kind of like from a lighthouse that kind of spins <gasps> and. Shut up. That's definitely a theme in this yeah, series. Yeah, and so I'm like, I'm still realizing, I was like, has that been there the whole time? I haven't gone back and rewatched the opening credits from other episodes. Maybe I should. But I was like. It's another little thing I noticed. Like, I still want to know what's up with that lighthouse because there's definitely something there for sure. It's focused on at the end of this episode again. Yep. But it was like, but I noticed it even in the opening credits that there's like this like lighthouse like spotlight kind of swinging through. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Think about that. That was a good pickup. Yeah, that's definitely a theme in the series, that darn lighthouse. It's in Booyah Mm -hmm. Moon. It's in Scott's study. Um. That's good. Well, that was yeah. not, it wasn't a very long point or anything like that. It probably could have been a note, but I just thought, man, I have been, I feel like clueless about the credits, uh, opening credits. So I just thought, well, I feel like I had a little bit of a light bulb moment and one to share. So yeah, that's good. That was like my that. number three. Uh, what is your number two? My number two, uh, I'm dipping into that like lightheartedness and kind of comic relief a little bit, mm-hmm. mainly and specifically with Darla. Yeah, that's hilarious. My note is just Darla is hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Just, I have like quotes from her. I feel like I'm like covering like a Run for Your Lives movie or something where I'm like pointing out all these like fun quotes, but I'm doing that with Darla through this whole episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, While she's going through her arsenal that she found at Amanda's place is like, and this is some kind of mace and here's another mace and lots of mace. So she goes, kill him with mace. (laughs) I just... (laughs) I love that line. <laughs> Jennifer Jason Lee is just, she's a treasure. She's so great. Oh, yeah. She she played great comic relief throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, But it's like very dry and it's very quick. But like, it just, it plays off of the seriousness of Julianne Moore so well that it just, you can't help but laugh. Uh, you know, she shows up at Lisey's place and Lisey's like already just jumping right into okay, so here's what we're doing. You know, I've got to go to Booyah Moon and I've got to get this and get that. And she just, I haven't had my coffee yet. So. <laughs> I love that so much. I haven't had my first cup of coffee yet. And <laughs> yeah. She's like, I don't know if I'm ready to jump into the craziness that is all this Booyah Moon stuff. I thought you just decided that this was all make-believe anyway. And then she turns around the water running and then looks back and Lisey's gone and she's just freaked out. She like gets on her hands and knees, like looking under the desk, Lisey, stop doing this. (laughs) Which I think, I I, I think Darla is so many of us in this episode, you know, it's like, um, cause if, if you think about it, if like this were real life and someone says those things to you, 
you know, I think we'd all kind of react like Darla. Or maybe oh, I yeah. I, I pulled some of the quotes. I'm so glad you sent me that website that has the oh, good, <laughs> exact yeah. like quotes and stuff. It has the Makes it so dialogue easier, and stuff on it? them. <laughs> yeah, it was great because I could just have that open while I'm watching be like, okay, what was that? Okay, just kind of scroll along with it. Just don't get ahead. <laughs> I don't want to see lines that I haven't heard yet. But uh, but yeah, so the whole is like, I was in Booyah Moon. No, 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 no. Yes. <laughs> and then they talk a little bit more, but I kind of skipped over because then she goes, I really hate this, Lisey. He goes, I know. I know you do. I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> So good. She's like, I just don't want this to be real. Stop. Please stop. It's great. And then she's recording. Lisey's recording the uh, like answering machine kind of oh, yeah, voicemail, voicemail thing yeah, for Dooley. Dooley. Mm-hmm. And like after everyone, Darla's just like, no, that's it's not good. <laughs> It's just not good. Just Even the last man. one. I think that was a good one. It's not good. None of this is none good. None of this is good. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just so, just like calm. She's like, none of this is good. It's like, what, what's yeah. wrong with you? You know? Oh my God. So good. The delivery was amazing. <laughs> so she has some, yeah, great stuff. Uh, again, yeah, you mentioned while they're in Dr. Avernus's office talking about stuff. And the whole time she's just back there. Oh my, Bruce Springsteen. That's, that's the boss. You met the boss. Now, yeah, was he nice or was he like all show busy? <laughs> She's just like, while they're trying to have these important conversations, oh my God, Al Gore, I voted for him. <laughs> He's doing some, like, it's it's just funny to have her lighten the mood this whole episode. I really, really love Jennifer Jason Lee just stepping that up and being like, yeah, bringing a lot of light into this episode. So good. So good. And when they're in the car, uh, after they've left the hospital and she's still mm-hmm. questioning everything. And Lisey's yeah. like, really after all this now, that's what you're, you know, you're still like, you don't believe. And she's like, I I just saw you regurgitate water into her mouth. You know, she's like, that's all yeah. that I know. I, I'm not, you know, she doesn't still believe anything about Booyah moon and this magical pool or healing waters and you know, any of that stuff. She's like, all oh, I just saw you regurgitate water in her mouth. You know, mm-hmm. I just, so good. Her delivery so yeah. good. And then, yeah, her, and then the last one that I had on her was, which mainly, and I already brought it up because it was leading to Amanda being like, you got to kill him after, you know, she tells her that there's the food and stuff in there. But yeah, but it's not as funny, but it was definitely like a, hmm, moment is when that realization that Dooley was in Amanda's house and she's like, oh my, yeah, he could have been out of the bed or he was watching me. It's like, he was, she was kind of freaked out in there. Mm-hmm. Cause, but I knew it. It's like when I walked in, I didn't know if it was like feet or something. It was like, but there's like this smell. Ugh. And I immediately was thinking back to us talking about Dooley before. And I was like, yeah, that dude looks like he hasn't even thought about a shower in months. So I yeah. believe that. I totally believe that. <laughs> a smell. Ugh. Yeah, I agree. That's really funny. Cause Darla was my second point as well. <laughs> nice. Um, because yeah, she, not just the interaction between the three sisters, but she herself, uh, standalone definitely brought a lot of the lightheartedness, had great one-liners, you know, when she is dumping all of that stuff there on the couch, the, the mace, the pepper spray, the taser. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, when she, you know, Lisa's like, well, Hey, you can be an anchor. And she's like, I haven't even had my first cup of coffee. (laughs) Laugh because I've, you know, I'm not a morning person. I like having my coffee. I like time to wake up before I just jump in doing things. So I would be the same way. Somebody's like, you know, well, yeah, you can do this. But like, look, I I haven't even had coffee yet. Can I please just, you know, have some time to process here? Um, 
So I totally related related to that. But yeah, she had some yeah. great delivery, great one-liners. Um, and it was great to see her, you know, kind of like what we were talking about with Joan Allen, kind of get a little bit more meat in this episode. Yeah. You know, that we got a little bit more meat for Darla this episode too, instead of this, you know, kind of passive-aggressive, you know, interactions that she's had with Lisey. And we haven't really seen a whole lot of her. So yeah. She really brought it this episode, and it was really great. I hope we get more of that in the next couple of episodes. Yeah. So. A lot of fun. <laughs> good old Jennifer Jason Lee. Haven't seen her in a lot of things, so it's really been great to yeah. see her in this uh, this series. Um, what is your number one? All right. My number one is, I call it Lisey's Planning. Oh, Lisey's Plans. Like mine, too. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Let's hear what Tag you got. team this yep, together. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because there's really two main plans that she has to make and follow through, or at least put together in this episode. There's part one is her going in and rescuing Amanda mm-hmm. and all the planning that that takes. And then part two is now that Amanda is out, what to do about Jim Dooley. Yep. So these are like the two main things that she's having to set up plans for. And we get to see the first one fully enacted and it works really great. You know, it was awesome to like hear. We got like, She's in Booyah Moon, which I love, you know, like you mentioned, she just has this whole new air of confidence and she's just like set her mind on a goal and she's going to accomplish it. And I like that about her a lot. And so she goes in, like she leaves the shovel behind. So that ties into maybe the second part is why that she, she needs the shovel. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. But it was it was great. She goes straight to the pool. She does stop and she's looking at Paul's grave a little bit. And she picks up the like ketamine shot, which is like she's not gonna try to use that. That's been sitting in there for I know she, how many years. I don't think up. that works anymore. Yeah, I don't she know. She took it with her. And did but you was, see the string that was tied to that? Yeah, it was like tied to, because she, when she picked it up and when she, she didn't, she was like pulling on the string. Then that's when like the long boy sound started. So she like put it down. And I was like. What is, what what is that? That? <laughs> that was one. I was like, that was one of my questions I had. Like, what was, why was there a string tied to it and where did it lead to? Cause yeah, like, yeah. like you said, when she started to kind of mess with it, then you could hear the sounds of Longboy. And I don't know if the two were tied together or why there was a string yeah. tied around that hypodermic needle. I don't know, but just something that yeah, I. Cause the first time uh, that her and Scott went back there, or whatever, or when she went to get to rescue Scott mm-hmm. and she picked up the syringe, there was no string. So that is new. That's something that Scott has done, thought- had done or something since then. Right. Because I, I was like, I don't remember seeing that before. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, weird. I don't know what it means, so, but I I'm think not, it's worth pointing out sure. that there's something different. Yeah. Okay. But uh, but she goes to the, the pool, and she's kind of bathing in it and cleaning herself. And then that's when she has the memory, which is great because then it ties into how she saves Amanda later, mm-hmm. of Amanda sitting there on the bed and them talking and her saying that, that Scott gave me a drink of water. The cool water, but from the pool, the one in Booyah Moon. And so it makes her think to drink it, which is great. That pays off later. Because mm-hmm. I don't think she even thought about that until she was there with Amanda. But it helped set that up. And so she she did that. Of course, it was funny then, like, reliving, like, that conversation. It was like, oh, he gave me a drink. I was like, well, I remember it being a little bit more intense and wild looking than just giving you a drink. But, you know. Yes. Yeah, it wasn't like, here, what you want to call drink it. drinking this cup. Uh, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was a little bit more personal than that and a little bit more strange. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah. And then, yeah, we mentioned how smart the planning was ahead of bringing the notepad and the pen. And, yeah, I said, they're not going to shush me. I'm going to just – I know what to do. And then that's what she brought in the bag. I was like, I should have packed some Oreos also. 
that would have helped. That could get her right back home, right? Uh, yeah, Oreos. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I love, yeah, how then when she comes back out and she's looking at herself in the mirror, like she healed up really well. Like as far as like her face, you couldn't see anything. Yeah. There were still a couple of little scars on her chest, but it was like pretty healed. Like you could easily cover that up. Yeah. So, so that was nice. Um, <laughs> that's all I have on that first part of the plan. And then now the second plan I said is, is Jim Dooley and she's kind of hatching up this plan. So she calls Dash Meal and threatens Dash Meal sure with all this does. like legal <laughs> stuff. And she's like, you know, wrangles him into the plan. It's like, here's what you're going to do. If you hear from Dooley, you're going to tell him that I'm going to meet, you know, she leaves the like voicemail for him anyway, but she's trying to cover all these bases. So she's like, if he calls you, you tell him I want to meet him at 10. I've changed my mind. I'll give him everything he wants, but also I want you to call the police or your, you know, whoever and let them know that, Oh Yeah. Dooley was scared by the police presence. And so he left. So she's already trying to get the police off the case, which they did find out, you know, the officer tells her, Oh yeah, we, we heard that the guy left, but we weren't sure. So we're going to stick around a little bit. Uh-huh. And then she convinces him to leave. I was like, yeah, not like they were actually much of any help in the first place. So, I mean, does yeah. it really matter you if you call them off window or not? Opportunity when she's in there being tortured. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Yeah, so that was when I started. I was like, "What is what is her plan? Is he planning on ambushing and ambushing him and killing him?" Which I guess is the case. Uh, so she's gonna kill him. She says she's gonna kill him, and then take the body to Booyah Moon to dispose of it there to get rid of him permanently. And she did leave the shovel there, like I mentioned. So she's planning ahead on that. But what I wonder. Is you know she's good at putting these like little plans together. She convinces the officer to leave, and then she sees Dooley, or she just knows he's there while talking to the officer. But at least that's they? the that's the vibe that I got because hmm. you know because the officer said something about you know oh but you never know he could just be playing us and he might still be around. And then she kind of looked up and like had this kind of look on her face, looking in the direction of Dooley. Hmm. I was wondering if she saw him or not, but then she goes back to laughing and joking and talking with her sisters and she doesn't tell them that he's there if she's aware of it, which is probably the best thing to do if she, if she, if she knows that he's there is not to freak out Darla or Amanda and just be like, nope, just continue on like normal, you know, you guys leave. But it, it did seem like she kind of gave this like knowing glance in his direction. Like, okay. oh, he's here. He's watching. Okay. I didn't pick up on that, but that's interesting. Because she's, she'd be considered alone with him because Darla and um, Amanda were leaving. Yeah. So they're they're not going to do it together. So what part do Darla and Amanda come into play? In That's what play? I was wondering. Are they supposed to come back? Yeah. Because you know Amanda says something. But you know, oh, you know, we'd all be safe for because Lisi asks, you know, or says, I don't want to put you guys in danger. It's like, well, we'd be more, you know, we'd be less in danger if I had my gun. If Darla didn't throw it in the river. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> so like, it, but it makes it seem like the sisters are planning on coming back and being a part of the plan, but they're also leaving for a little bit now, so that Dooley thinks that Lacey's like, alone. Maybe that's the plan is for them to circle back and come back later him after a sense the of fact. Complacency, thinking that he's got Lacey alone, but really the sisters yeah. aren't going anywhere. Hmm. Mm. 
well, then that's yeah. a little bit more clever than what I thought if that turns out to be true. Um, yeah. Because I wasn't sure I was picking up on that. And I'm trying to figure out the plan as well. Like, what are the details? We don't really know a lot of the details of what their plan is. Like, how is she going to ambush Dooley? Is it got to do with the mace and pepper spray and the taser and all that stuff that, you know, <laughs> that Darla brought? Or is it something else? Uh, you know, how, how is she going to overtake him and take him by surprise? I mean, he seems... I mean, I know she was saying he was stupid and stuff, but I'm like, well, I don't know. I mean, he he's managed to outsmart the cops and and yeah. sneak up on her and stuff. I don't know. Maybe he's not super smart, but he's he's gotten along this far already. But yeah, but yeah we know. Dumb. Yeah, and, and we know she's somehow going to take him out and then take him to Booyah Moon, um, you know, like Scott did to Paul, and basically mm-hmm. so no one will find him, you know, thinking yeah. that having the professor tell the cops that he was leaving town so they don't get suspicious and think, you know, that anything happened. They'll just think, yeah. Oh, well, he's just gone and he's ran out yeah. of town. Um, but other than that, I don't know what those details are. I don't know what they're playing. And that's probably good because then why would we watch another episode? Right. We, yeah, <laughs> we got to see what happens. Find that out. Again, it ends it very well on her. Like, all right, the plan's kind of coming together. Now it's just time to wait for him to show up. And then of course it's like, Oh, now the episode's ending. Just when I was ready to keep going. Yes. But we'll, we'll find out next week. Yeah. So I'm interested but to yeah. find find out how that goes. I mean, we've got two whole episodes. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I feel like it's – it's so in some ways, I feel like it's not enough. And in some ways, I feel like, well, are we going to get a satisfactory? We're going to get a little bit more of a, a wrap it up kind of thing. I don't know. But um, we'll just start the next episode off following Darla and Amanda as they go to the diner to get that cheeseburger and burnt fries. Which, yeah, see, Amanda, I was with you on the cheeseburger. I'm with you on the Oreos, girl. But like, burnt Can't. black fries—that's where you lost me. Yeah. I don't. Mm-mm. Why? <laughs> no, I don't like burnt black and fries either. I like a nice, balanced, crispy, golden fry. Yes, Just enough yes. crispy on the outside and, you know, um, not chewy, but, you know, like like soft and fluffy. Fluffy. <laughs> thank you. Soft and fluffy on the inside. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same. I'm picky about my fries. Well, I, that was also my number one. And I, I think I've said all I wanted to about that. Did you have anything else you want all to right. say about the plan? That's it. That's all I had was just, you know, because we saw the first plan come to a head even mm-hmm. though she was kind of making it up as she went in some parts and maybe that's out. how this second one's gonna go if she's because we don't know how, if she left the shovel in booyah moon it seems then what is she planning on using to kill him like you said the tasers and the mace she gonna actually go with what darla said kill him with mace um yeah you're right i don't because, know and i thought when she had the shovel with her because that seems to be her weapon of choice you know uh i thought that would be what she would use but is she gonna take him to booyah moon and then kill him there. Maybe she's not going to yeah. kill him there. So there's not even any cleanup in the real world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No cleanup. That's the whole thing. That's a big part of the crime, y'all, is the cleanup. Mm-hmm. No evidence. So if she can just take him with her. Oh, did she take the hypodermic needle? Is that what she's going to use to try to inject him? Like, like when Scott was little. And that's what yes, their I dad don't... said to do to Paul was yeah. if he gets too Ooh. close inject him with that and of course we know that didn't work because then paul woke up yeah. and started did she take it out of booyah moon or is it still there too though i don't know 
I mean, I, we didn't see her. I thought she tried. She started to take it, and then when she pulled on that string, we heard what sounded like the long boy. But maybe yeah, she didn't bring it with her. Maybe she's keeping it there in Booyah Moon. Maybe she's counting on, you know, throwing him off. You know, getting him to Booyah Moon. But again, I don't know how she expects to get him there without with him being conscious. But yeah, I don't know that whole hypodermic needle and how it, its intended purpose was to, you know, knock. Paul out so Scott could take him to Booyah Moon without him trying to kill him, you know, essentially, yeah. and and, um, and then take him to the water, and that didn't work. Is that what Lisey's going to use it for? But how's she going to, if she didn't bring it over with her, how's she going to get Dooley willingly to go to Booyah Moon? I don't know. Maybe <sighs> she'll be in Booyah Moon about the time that he's supposed to show up. Maybe. So that she's not there at the house, and then she will get it. And then she just appears out of nowhere with it. Yeah, we know she can just pop in and out, right? And like when she did it to Darla. What better way to sneak up on him and get a surprise ambush attack on him than literally just appear out of thin air? That might help. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. Maybe she's going to go there first, have the needle in hand, go back. Dooley will be there waiting for her in 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 the study. She comes up behind him, injects him, takes him back. Mm hmm buries him kills him and buries him hmm. that might be it we'll have to see i'm i'm, I'm excited to see how this plan unfolds what happens next yeah, I, wonder how, sure. I wonder how close we are i don't know we'll see it'll be a surprise um yeah cool 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 <laughs> um how about notes got any notes uh let's see because i talked about the lighthouse and the opening credits uh, just another little thing is while Lisey's in Booyah Moon and when she, where she sets the shovel against that tree and leaves it there, she leaves it sitting next to a little pair of RC Cola bottles Aww. that I assume is Paul and Scott sharing as kids. And I was like, oh, it's a nice little throwback because that was a lot of the little bull hunts and stuff that Paul would send Scott on where the prize at the end was was an RC Cola with his brother. So and, and maybe that was a nice bar. little nod there. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I loved RC Cola as a kid. My grandma used to get that. <laughs> I loved RC. RC's good. RC's good cola. I get man. it a lot, but it's good. Yeah, I said. Well, I always had it as a kid. Um, I don't think I drank it at my house, but I was at my grandparents' house like all the time. Like I was raised there, mm-hmm. um, out in the country. So yeah, my grandma always got it. So I had it a lot. Um, yeah, uh, Lisey really enjoys quoting her late husband. She does. I think it's fun. Uh, Especially to people that like would know, it's almost like a little way of undermining or undercutting somebody's like, "Oh, you were a fan of my husband. Well, you know what he would say about you, or you know what he yeah. would say about this situation." It, it was great. She uses two of them in this episode uh, when she's talking to Dashmiel and kind of threatening him with legal stuff. And he's like, "I'm I'm sorry. I apologize, and I'm I never meant for any of this to happen." She goes, well, you know what Scott would say. And she always starts at that same way. You know what Scott would say? Mm-hmm. It's like, if sorry were rain, the Sahara would be underwater. It's like, man, Scott did have a way with words. He did, he did have, have some words. Because <laughs> then the next one is when they're talking to the doctor. And, you know, he doesn't want to let Amanda go. He's like, I've never seen anything like this. We can, we can do further studies. We can do it. He goes, you know what Scott would say? <laughs> says, Don't analyze. Utilize. <laughs> and then they follow. I was like, except what was it? Because uh, it wasn't part of the Scott quote, so I didn't write it down, but I should have. But uh, was it accept the miracle or accept something? Uh, oh shoot! Yeah, I don't have it in front of me either. 
but I know what you're saying. I'm going to find it. Accept the gift. There it oh, is. Yes. I had the, the quote gift. page still pulled so up. Told the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. And I, I, he, he did have a way with words. I liked, you know, when she was talking to him about, um, you know, the notes from his editor and, you know, the editor had an issue with a, a part of the story and, but then Scott, you know, they talk about the dog, you know, that lost dog that finds its way home you know, like 1500 miles away or whatever. And then I think that's what Lisey uses as inspiration for how they deal with the doctor, you know, when Amanda wakes up and they're, you know, working, they're kind of schmoozing him, you know, well, how are we going to be convincing? And she kind of uses the inspiration from what Scott told her, you know, about, you know, what, what's reality. Um, so I, I yeah. like that as well. Sometimes something just wild, crazy, like Ralph, the dog coming home. It yeah. happens. It's just not, there's not yeah. a good explanation for it. There's not a whole lot of like, you know, it just, it just is these crazy things just kind of happen. And there's sometimes not a great explanation for it. You can't always explain it. Like how can you explain the dog mm-hmm. that came home after 15 or found this way home after being 1500 miles away? There isn't a whole lot of explanation for it. Just like he didn't feel like he explained whatever it was that the editor had a problem with in his book, but it's like, well, sometimes it just makes sense because that's how life is. Um, so I thought that was, that was really yeah. cool. And then the last one that I had just a little thing is while Dooley's watching the sisters and they're all, they're laughing and joking about something completely unrelated, you know, cause uh, Darla's giving Lisi kind of a hard time about like, Oh, I saw you talking to that police officer. You're flirting with him. Mm-hmm. You like a man in uniform. Like and it's literally just something is innocent and, you know, just sisters goofy like that. each other. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're like cracking up and Dooley's standing over there watching them. And immediately he jumps to, don't make fun of me. Like he just automatically assumes they're talking about him. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah which i i thought it was kind of weird because he doesn't seem to really think anything of the fact that like all the wounds he left her with just seem to be gone mm-hmm. like wouldn't he notice that and kind of be confused by that but i don't know i think he's so like caught in his own world that he's not paying attention mm-hmm. he's really kind of going i think deeper and deeper especially after sniffing all of scott's papers that he stole yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's going bye bye. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah he has to. He just he has to die at this point. Um, good notes, very good notes. Anything else? That's it. Awesome. Well, I think that was, I think pretty good. Pretty good for this. It, it, still, I don't think we figured anything out yet, but it was a good discussion. Good discussion. (laughs) I like it. Um, All right. So it's time for, uh, of course, our favorite part of the podcast, and that is our listener feedback portion, really digging what you guys have to say every week. You guys are providing, you know, some great insight and questions, and it's fun to have you guys along on the journey. So uh, this first one that we have this week is from Ginger Martinez. Um, She says, hey, strange indeed. Got behind and was able to watch the last two episodes in a row. Loved them both. In the last episode, what stood out to me was the sisterhood vibe. I love seeing them in the rain yelling. That moment made me so happy. I'm still not sure what Lisey meant by it's Amanda, not Dooley. Yeah, I don't know either. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe Scott's bull hunt objective was about Amanda, not Dooley. Not sure. A few differences between book and show. Lisi had three sisters, not two, and she didn't involve Darla in her plan to help Amanda come back from being gone. In fact, she completely hid that from her other two sisters. Also, it was just Amanda who helped her with her plan to kill Dooley. One last thing in the Good Brother um, episode, Paul's transformation was a tad more horror-esque. The show toned that part down, I think, though. It was still very disturbing to see on camera. Can't wait to see the finale. So far, I'm digging the show more than I did the book. Fantastic work they're doing with King's story. Ooh, Awesome. That's some interesting thoughts. Yeah, I still haven't quite figured out that whole thing about um, uh, saying that it was it, you know, it's not Dooley, it's Amanda. And then when yeah. Lacey, this episode was like, I think Scott predicted this whole thing, you know, not just Amanda, but Dooley too. And I'm like, well, what does she mean about that? How did he? Yeah. I, I don't know that I made that connection. I mean, I get it about, about Amanda because he did set up care for her, like yeah. feeling like, oh, she's probably going to need help again in the future. And that he was maybe laying the groundwork, not just for her, but for Amanda, for Lisi to know and understand how to bring her back because he wasn't going to be there to do it and somebody would need to know that information but the part about Dooley I don't know I'm not yeah I'm not sure quite figuring that <laughs> out but anyway just thought I'd mention that thank you Ginger so much for writing in appreciate that mm-hmm. yeah, I'm trying to picture the Paul transformation being even more horror and mm. I don't know <laughs> What we got was toned down. I don't even want to yeah, know. That was yeah. spooky <laughs> enough for me. That was that was spooky. I didn't like that. <laughs> All right. This next one comes from Lindsay Schlick. Always good to hear from you, Lindsay. She says, is anyone else starting to wonder if Scott is a good guy? The entire scene with Lisi in the pool, his side eye, side eye at her almost seemed angry. It felt off to me. I think Darla might be my favorite part of this show. She's such a great mix of sarcasm and dry wit mixed with kindness. I love how fast she jumps from each emotion and seems to have no filter, but does so in such a good-natured way. Mm-hmm. Lisi's phone call to the professor is my favorite scene of the entire series so far. It's hilarious, but I also really love seeing Lisi being so strong and in control. He deserved every word of it. Really enjoy this episode. Nice movement to the story and lots of little bits of humor. Much more to my taste. Actually looking forward to the last two episodes. Yay! Aww, yay! That's awesome. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know about Scott being like... If, if he's a good guy. Yeah. I'm not sure what that scene was. Again, that was why that was my number five. Starting off our conversation today was just like, what was that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We're questioning that too, Lindsay. We're not sure to make, make of that either. Hopefully we'll find out more. Got two more episodes to find mm-hmm. out. Uh, we got a couple of emails as well. Uh, first one that we have is from our friend Fran in New York. She says, after two episodes of such intensity, this one slowed or stilled thanks to a crawl, but we're on the journey of the story and we're fully entertainingly invested. Director Pablo said psychological horror with a lot of beauty and poetry. I love that. And as I watched, I thought the most alluring and sexiest Clive Owens I've ever seen. And I just want more. (laughs) Wow. LOL. (laughs) (laughs) Sisters, brothers, the power of unity. Water biblically always speaks of Holy Spirit, cleansing, renewal, and spiritually speaking, I'm in the way of knowing that immersion in water not only reveals a transformative process, but also a transmissive one. Remember how Moses split the Red Sea under God's power to translate the children of Israel from one part of the land to the other? They crossed over on dry land, but notice Moses used a staff or rod. Lisi's got a shovel and an old hypodermic met for a monster. Love it. 
the Booyah monster's <laughs> purpose in the realm of the doubles. I don't think they're explaining it sufficiently, but perhaps they'll shed some more light on it in the final two episodes. It's over the battle between good and evil. Scott's battle from childhood onward. Was his writing a purging, a type of psychological cutting, trying to get the bad out? Gee, how do we relate to that in our own lives? Did Scott know before his death that the Booyah monster would manifest in their world to do harm in some form? Is Dooley a form of the Booyah monster? Oh, Or is it just <clears throat> that the Booyah monster is going to finally serve a, quote, good purpose for his life in saving his love, his Lisey? Um, Psych Doctor had no power of the three of them combined. Dooley won't either. Funny scene broke the stillness some. Then let's kill him scene. Wasn't really feeling that, but I get it. Have to remember it's the story of ordinary people caught up in extremely unusual circumstances. And I still don't quite get why Lisey's memory is so blocked. Did she block it herself? Did it have to be blocked in order to get her into warrior mode for the battle she would find herself in? Did Scott always see a way that Lisey's family could be saved, whereas he wasn't able to save his own? I have the feeling they're saving the best for last. I hope so anyway. Oh, and forgot to mention, yes, I bought the Dorn, d- the darn Oreo carrot cake cookies, and there's only a few left. <laughs> <laughs> I've started something. <laughs> I think we're going to try the birthday cake ones next. LOL. Blessings, Fran in New York. <laughs> <laughs> so when's the Oreo sponsorship for Strange Indeed coming? I don't know. Uh- <laughs> I'm still waiting on that phone call, Pate. I don't know. They haven't contacted me yet. So, um, <laughs> I'm getting, pe- I've, I've gotten numbers of people to buy these carrot cake cookie Oreos now. So come I on, know. come on, Oreo. I know. And Fran's going to be trying the birthday cake wins next. So we got some, mm-hmm. we got some movement on the Oreos. I feel like we need yeah. a little cut of that action. <laughs> <Yeah>. cake. <laughs> no. Doing all the work out here for you guys. I know. Give me some, give me some money or at least a mention on Twitter. Exactly. <laughs> all right. This next one comes from Daphne. All right. I haven't read any of it, but I'm knowing, all right, what she got for us in book stuff. I know. Daphne always comes through. (laughs) Says, hi, Rima and Paik. Still enjoying your coverage and theories. I really enjoyed the episode as this was one of my favorite parts of the books. Or I guess book. Um, (laughs) Where the sisters come together and Lisey brings Amanda back from Booyah Moon. A few things I wanted to share. Anchors are what keeps a person tethered either in reality or to Booyah Moon. In the series and book, the Afghan was used as an anchor to keep Scott in Booyah Moon. Also, Scott used Lisey to anchor him to reality, even relying on her to come and get him from the stone benches when he was stuck. In the book, the Afghan anchors Lisey to the real world. In the show, I think it's the delight. Using a faucet to visit Booyah Moon is something new for the series and was not used in the book. To rescue Amanda in the book, she kissed her and transferred the waters to Amanda, which allowed Lisey to go to Booyah Moon. Also, she did not use a notebook and instead talked to her quietly. Like in the book, though, Amanda is looking out at the pool and sees the good ship Hollyhocks that she and her sisters used to imagine when they played as pirates in search of treasure. I meant to mention last week that another change is that Paul was locked in the basement in the book and not in the barn or garage. I think this is a really uh, this is a really a small change and didn't impact the storytelling in a negative way. Also in the book, Lisa explains that goners, gomers, or the gone, are catatonics, while the bad gunky suffer from homicidal mania. I think they've shown that well on the series. When we first meet Amanda in the series, she slices herself after telling her sisters about her ex-husband's return to town. One thing that series has left out is that when we meet Am- that the series has left out is that when we meet Amanda in the book, she's gone and spent a day with Lisey, going through magazines, books, etc., and highlighting any mention or photos of Lisey. Well, not a big omission. It gave a bigger look at Amanda and Lisey's relationship. 
I have additional notes, including some about the long boy that I'm saving until the final episode as I don't want to spoil anything. Overall, the way that they've presented Scott and Lisey's love story continues to endear me to both characters, but especially Lisey. Lisey buried Booyah Moon deep within herself, and while starting to clear his office and dealing with Jim Dooley, she's now reliving moments in her life with Scott, and the memories are coming back. Looking forward to your coverage, as always, Daphne. Hmm. There's a lot of really good stuff in there, Daphne. Thank yeah. you so much. I feel like I need to almost read that again <laughs> to kind of think about it. I think that was really interesting what she was saying about anchors, because we've kind of mm-hmm. been talking about that, like not really quite understanding... I mean, I get yeah. anchor to keep you tethered, but when, when she's mentioning here, um, keeping a person tethered either in reality or to Booyah Moon, and in the series and book, the Afghan was used as an anchor to keep Scott in Booyah Moon. That's, yeah, interesting. that's interesting. Huh. I have some, I'm going to have to think about that a little bit because I'm not able to do it coherently. That was great, Daphne. Thank you as always yeah. um, for shedding a little bit of light and giving some insight there to um, some of the happenings in the book. And, you know, we didn't mention, I, I mentioned just briefly whenever um, uh, Scott was talking about his editor and him and Lisa are having that conversation. I did love that scene where they danced, you know, he's like, yeah. Oh, I just dance with me. Forget about your errands, you know, screw it all. Just dance with me. It was good to see that little the longest like tease for a kiss before they finally did. Yeah. I was just like, they're, they're just waiting on that moment. Yeah. Like, I thought it was a really sweet moment between the two of them. Cool. And I really liked it. Um, really like Clive Owen. Um, I, I thought he was handsome myself when, you know, Fran mentioned that earlier. <laughs> I, I thought the same. Um, Let's see, we we have a couple of voicemails, too. Um, now, we did get a voicemail last week from Steve. Now, he just missed it. We had just finished recording, and his voicemail popped up. So we have two voicemails from Steve this week. Um, the first one I'm going to play is for last week's episode, um, The Good Brother. So let's see what Steve has to say about that. Hey, Pake and Rima, it's Steve, and I hope I get this in in time. I'm not 100% sure what the the deadline is. It's Tuesday night when I'm recording this, watching uh, The Good Brother for the second time. Pake, you did a really good job explaining these credits. I'm still confused, though, this whole puppet <laughs> show thing. Liar. You laid more than a finger on her. Maybe, yeah. Ugh. You, dude. So she did get into the Booyah Moon, and that's the lighthouse is to show you the way back to home, maybe? Uh, the Good Brother, he just said the title of the show. This whole thing is going to be tough to watch again. This dad is just cruel in, in ways that I can't imagine a father ever treating his children. Unzip your guts? What does that mean? Like, turn your emotions off? Okay, that may be jump. Even the second time, when he come running out of the barn. Very good. That, telling his dad to back up made the water start going. Wow. All right, all the shushing is creepy. Shh. I hope the next episode we get to see her go in this present day time. I can never read texts on TV shows and movies. They go by too fast. It's too small a print. I hope you guys can read it. Oh, okay. She's stepping into the pool now. So maybe she's got the shovel and whatever stuff she put in that bag. This is her transfer and we'll see it next week. Awesome. All right. Well, hopefully, hopefully we help 
figure a few things out from that. Um, thank you, Steve. And we have a voicemail for this week's episode, too. So let's see what he thinks about this week. Hey, Pake and Rima, this is Steve, and this is for Now You Must Be Still. Is that is that how it works? Um, local PD, the guy who's guarding the house just decides, hey, I'm going to go home and get some shut-eye. Leave her alone. You know, no big deal. Oh, now I get it. She found the Afghan, and she's got the ketamine shot for Jim Dooley. Okay. So for some reason, she wasn't able to bring Amanda back the way she brought Scott back. So she's got to find another way. <laughs> her house is even creepier without her in it. This is hardcore, Lisey. You just threatened to make the man homeless. I mean, I'm sure it's an empty threat. You wouldn't really do it, but... Dang, even more hardcore there at the end. I have $60 million, and if we decide to butt crap you, ah. <laughs> okay, Darla, did you see that? She just regurgitated a bunch of water into her sister and woke her up. you got to believe now, right? Okay, is that the first time we've actually heard someone say that he died? Because that's what Amanda just said, that he, a few months or shortly before he died. <laughs> Ralph is reality. Wow, either Jennifer Jason Lee and Julianne Moore are really short, or Joanne is really tall. I just looked it up. Yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee and Julianne Moore are like 5'3", and Joan Allen is like 5'10". She's as tall as I am. So Darla just figured out that he was in the house the same time she was, and these women are shouting into the rain that they're going to kill him. This scene is a little crazy. And Darla's all on board now. Can you hear? <laughs> all right. Uh, talk to you later. Oh, I love it. That was so good. <laughs> so good. Some picture. Perfect. Live steving from Steve Brown. Love it. Great as always. <laughs> Thank you, Steve, so much for um, those awesome voicemails. Um, we got a voicemail also this week from our good friend Greg. So I'm interested to see what Yay. insight he has. Um to this episode he posted a theory a couple weeks back that just totally like blew my mind and i'm curious if if he's on the right track i don't know yet because we're not there but we'll we'll see so let's see what greg has to say <laughs> hey Rima and peg this is greg all right so let me just see if i understand the plan we get this psycho to come to our house we ambush him we kill him and then we have him taken to Booyah Moon to bury him or just to get rid of the body. And then why would Dooley be like, why would he be like, Oh yeah, I'll show up at 10. This is when, and then he's watching them and I'm just, it's, it just seems overly simplistic and I get it. I get it. Like the simplest plans are the best and probably the most effective, but, uh, I just, uh, I I feel like they're being set up for failure. Also, so the lighthouse was a, a bit more pronounced in this episode. It definitely like had oh focused on the lighthouse and the lighthouse light and whatnot. Uh, I understand it's a mirroring from Booyah Moon to the real world, uh, and then also maybe I don't quite understand the concept of an anchor. Obviously, my head's kind of all over the place with regard to to the episode, but I thought the girl power. Uh, motif, or at least once they uh, 
once they got Amanda out and they're just like, Oh, we're going to fucking kill him. Yeah. Let's fucking kill him. Um, the, the, the mob mentality of maybe not mob mentality, but the let's fucking kill him. Like Joan Allen was, was great as this, as, uh, as Amanda in this. Um, and then did, did Lisey see Scott? Like it kept, it seemed like she kept looking over at Scott. Um, and like, could she see him? And God, it's just, it's so confusing because so Amanda can see the ship with the girls in the, the pond or the pool or whatever. Um, and so, but and obviously Lisey can't, is that, is that where she's like seeing her visions or her, uh, is everybody there just watching something and caught in, in the magic of the pool? And then Lisey with the whole, I'm going to shoot water. The, just like, uh, just like Scott did into your mouth to bring you back. And then I'm not sure why you'd like pull further and further back, try to turn off the spigot. That seemed kind of like it did look the practically effect did look really weird because it looked like she kind of like from team America when the guy was, well, <laughs> when the puppet was spewing puke, it looked like it, like the, the, the hose started to run out a little bit and uh, it was a little bit weird, but anyway, all right, look forward to ta- hearing you guys talk. Bye. Hmm. Thank you, Greg. Uh-huh. A lot of questions that we also have, and we will have to wait and see. It's like, yeah, thanks for your uh, your feedback. Sorry, we can't help you with yes. much of it, because we're asking the same question. Sorry, I'm I'm not doing so great at, like, answering some of these questions. I don't have a clue. Like I said, here we are. We've only got two more episodes to go, and I have zero clue. I mean, I understand what the – well, I don't understand, but we, we've heard – at least a little bit about what their, their plan is, what's actually going to happen with the details and what's going to happen. I have no clue. I don't know where this story is going, yeah. but thank you everyone for your feedback. Really great. Interesting insight. Glad to have you guys on the journey with us anyway, as we're all trying to figure this story out and where we're going. At least if you're a non book reader, I guess if you're a book reader, you probably have an, an idea. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to hear what you guys think about the next couple of, of episodes. We're almost there, guys. Um, yeah. And speaking of, you know, that leads me to next week on Strange Indeed. We'll be covering episode seven of Lisey's story titled No Light, No Spark. Not sure what that means. No de- I'm, no descriptions. I'm staying away from descriptions, so I'm not sure what that means. But um, I look forward to watching it when it drops. It's been dropping for me yeah. around 11 Central. Have you seen it drop around that time for you? Um, I watched it a little bit later, okay. so I'm not really sure. So yeah, Thursdays, I'm usually getting notified that Thursday, 11 o'clock Central, there's a new episode out. And I'm always like, should I stay up and watch it or should I go to bed like I should so I can get up for work the next day? Usually going to bed wins out because I'm a cranky bitch in the mornings without sleep. So, <laughs> But anyway, we'll find out. Um, soon. Well, we are really excited that you followed us to Booyah Moon, but please also follow us on Twitter at Strange Teacast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stranger teacast. And you can email us at strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find feigned no you can find strange indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com go out and leave a review for strange indeed on apple podcasts and speaking of great podcasts you can check out Pake and daphne on their podcast called run for your lives 
um, got a sneak peek yeah. for us this week. Yeah, this week we are talking about the insane movie, <laughs> Eight-Legged Freaks. Oh, yeah. David Arquette, Scarlett Johansson. It's it's something else. It <laughs> sure was. Mutant spiders attacking a small town. Yeah, and it's just insane. <laughs> it, it was interesting. I remember, I haven't watched it since it came out way back in the day, but mm-hmm. I remember thinking, okay. This was different. So, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting choice. It's a lot of fun, though. We had a it lot is of fun, fun with that You one. guys do such a good job um, with, you, with your shows and your coverage. So, nice. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, yeah, everyone make sure to go check them out um, because you guys have not only the, the new good stuff, but like I said, all the previous ones that you put out have been really great. Oh, yeah. We love just covering all kinds of crazy movies. <laughs> Yeah. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Paige. And Kelly Burgess is strange indeed. <laughs>